This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for the statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from Vets in Training, Southern New Jersey. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-hosts, Lisa Allmiller, CEO and Medical Director, and Nicole Myers, Mom. And we're broadcasting from House Paws, which is a mobile vet service, as well as hospital, as well as vets in training program, all regarding veterinary in Southern New Jersey. And we're speaking with Lisa Allmiller, the CEO and Medical Director. Lisa, where are you from originally? I'm originally from Kentucky. Kentucky. And how many brothers and sisters? One brother. One brother. And what was going on with you 8 to 14 years old? What were you up to? I basically was my whole life just working to be a veterinarian. What what do you mean 8 to 14 years old? How could you be working your whole life to be a veterinarian? What are you talking about? I, I... I basically I was a good kid, good grades. I wanted to I wanted to go to vet school and I knew that from I think when I was 2 my dad did an interview and I called myself Dr. Lisa and and was was always trying to bring home frogs and other lizards and birds and stuff that I found in the yard. So um it was just all all I could focus on was getting involved in whatever I could get involved in that would help me look better to get into vet school. So you so you you had a nickname Dr. Lisa when you were a kid? Yep. Uh-huh. And uh, so you knew from a young age that you wanted to get into veterinary school and you grew up in Kentucky and were you collecting animals and were you helping animals and fixing animals when you were a kid? I would often find animals and want to get them help, but I was only allowed to have one animal at a time when I was growing up, so I wasn't really a collector other than finding them and asking if I could keep them and being told to put them right back. So this organization known as House Paws, which was originally a mobile vet service then became a hospital then became this vets and training this is something that you developed this business model you developed yes uh-huh. how long ago did this start the vets and tra- training program started about four years ago and it's really taken off in the last two years uh-huh all right so you started the mobile vet service nine years ago or so yes uh-huh so you were the original mobile vet that was on the road yes uh-huh how many people, how large or how small is the combi- are the combined organizations nowadays? Right now we have about 100 employees combined. So you started an organization nine years ago that is now about 100 employees and it's a rather unique business model. Did you get this business model out of a book or something? No, but I was definitely inspired by James Harriet. Uh, who's he? He was, uh, he was just a farm vet that wrote books and stories about being a farm vet. What, what appealed to you about what he wrote? Um, I just thought uh, in the in the stories he really connects with the owners and the pets and I always thought it was a much nicer connection than what I had experienced when I took my pets into an office. Excuse me, give me that again? I thought that the stories that he told where he connected with the animals and the owners were much nicer stories than what I had experienced when I had taken my pets to the vet. 
you use the word connected. That's uh, I don't understand the use of that word. I thought when you take your pet into the vet, the vet does something to the pet, and that's the end of the story. Um, I think that's the. I think a big part of the story is missing. I think you're right. That's the end of the story in most places. But I think it all there's there's especially now with holistic pet care, where you're looking at the the environment and the pet and the owners as a whole. You really have to get to know. You really have to have a connection to the owner and to the pet to decide what's best for the health of the pet. We have um, two young people here today that have been that are in the third part of this business model, vets in training. We have uh, Emmy Andresi and Ian Myers. And Ian, t- tell me a little bit, how old are you and how long have you been involved here? I am 14 years old and I have been involved in the vets and training program ever since it started four years ago. Uh-huh. So why, why do you bother doing this? Um, because I haven't found anything like it. The teachers are super positive. They love teaching you, and there's animals just in the uh-huh. next room. Nicole, you're you're uh, Ian's mom. I am. How'd you find out about this program, and why do you keep bringing Ian back? We use house paws mostly because our animals do not like traveling, so mm-hmm. there are mobile vets. Um, and Ian has always been attracted to animals he's always wanted to work with animals we've done every program that there is in our area and he's aged out of a lot of things uh so this vets and training program came up i got an email blast and i thought let's try it let's see what it's about and he's loved it he he, i say do you want to sign up yep so he's had a lot of really positive experiences what's your impression of what's going on here he gets no. What's your impression? My impression. Yeah. <laughs> Education. They want to teach the kids how to treat animals, how to care for them, so that they have positive interactions and then can grow up and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Emmy, uh, how long have you been hanging out here, and how old are you? Um, I'm twelve years old. Oh, I'm twelve years old, and I've been here for like my whole life pretty mm-hmm. much and uh, what, what kind of stuff are you doing here um well mostly like hanging out with the animals and i cit sometimes what, what's cit mean what's that uh, counselor in training uh-huh and what, what, what do you do as counselor in training what are you talking about um well i like to counselor in training because um mostly for the like the kids because mm-hmm. i want to be like a babysitter when i'm older like not like Mm-hmm. In the future, future, mm-hmm. but when I'm like 16 or something, mm-hmm. I want to be like full time babysitting, mm-hmm. and it really helps having like the kids, um, be, like being their counselor. Kind uh-huh. of like so you're getting some experience doing yeah. that, uh huh. Um, and and, and uh, what, what are your favorite subjects in school? What do you like? Uh, um, you're homeschooled, aren't you? Yes, uh huh. How's this complement what's going on at home? Um, in homeschooling, you're only schooled by yourself and your siblings. Mm-hmm. And vets in training, you can still get that classroom effect in your life. Mm-hmm. That gives you the interaction. Yeah, Lisa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a question, Ian. You've been in the program quite some time now. And besides doing, actually, how many different animals have you done a wellness exam on? Uh, different species. I think just a dog and a cat. You've never done exams on any of the pocket pets or anything? 
Wow. Tell, tell me a little bit about these exams. What are you talking about? So the kids actually go through a program where they're able to understand? Yeah, there's, the different a, there's a cumulative program, and I was bringing it up to Ian because um, he's been through a lot of the um, sessions where he's learned about different species and, and, and how they're different. And Because uh, veterinarians have to know about every animal except the human animal. So they have to learn a lot of comparative anatomy, comparative behavior, comparative nutrition, all kinds of stuff. And um, one thing that impressed me about Ian is I was on a house call at his home, and um, he had just been through the skills lab where they learn how to draw blood and do other things on animals. And I gave him the syringe and asked him and his mom if he would like to draw the blood on his dog. And sure enough, he did, and he hit it on the first first try. Only only doing practical stuff in the lab on non you know on models and stuff. But he uh, he he knew how to do it right off the bat. So how did you feel about that, Ian? Um, I had no idea if I was going to do it right the first time or not. I didn't think I was going to do it right the first time. Yeah. And I was absolutely thrilled when I got it right the first time. So is that, was that sort of give you some confidence to get further involved with veterinary care? Yeah, it gave me a load of confidence. Uh-huh. What do you like? What do you enjoy about this veterinary stuff? Um. At the ripe old age of 14. <laughs> So he's in, um, they have uh, different classes, different age groups, and he's in the 6th through uh, 12th grade group that's specifically for homeschoolers because it's on Tuesday, like during the day, and they get extra time. Uh, It's a longer class. They go over to the hospital and watch Dr. Lisa during surgery. So they get to see a lot of stuff that the general public doesn't get to see and kids in other classes don't get to see. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that the kids, the vets in training, you know, they play, they're playing with teddy bears to begin with and then they're learning about the different species and they're actually able to observe surgery? Yes. And it's one of the best things that he's been able to do because it's what he wants to do in so many years. So you're able to observe the surgery. How'd that make you feel watching that stuff? Um... I wasn't sure how I would feel about it, but thankfully, uh, I I don't get nauseous at all watching surgery. You sort of like have ideas about how to do surgery better and stuff like that. Yeah. Really, like tell us about some of your ideas, different tools that you think maybe different kind of surgical tools and stuff, or different certain pets. Not the actual doing surgery. Mm-hmm. Lisa, what what's the website address of this organization again? The, the overall organization? It's www.housepaws.us/vetsandtraining. Excellent. We've been speaking with uh, Lisa Miller, CEO, Medical Director of House Paws. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. One help building your business with help from this show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on this show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, 
email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh- what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, w- what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're, you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Remington Walter and Julie Anderson. Remington, uh, and we're broadcasting from Vets in Training, which is a rather innovative business model here in the United States. Remington, how old are you? I'm 15 years old. I'm a sophomore in high school. You're 15 years old. You're a sophomore in high school. And what's your involvement been here at uh, Vets in Training in southern New Jersey? I actually work on... I work for vets in training. I work on the weekends and come in and help out during the week. And I'm one of the youngest workers. So what do you do for vets in training? What do you mean you work? I do animal care, which means I come in, I take care of the animals, I clean up the cages. And also during the week, I sometimes come in and help them with whatever they need. Like what? One time they had me making teddy bear clinics bags, which is one of the um, activities we have here. What are the, the teddy bears kids. for? What are you talking about? We take a te- the younger kids get a teddy bear and they get to take care of it like it's a real animal, uh-huh. and like put syringes next to it and fix burns. So you're actually so the kids the younger kids are actually getting a teddy bear to experiment with and learn on prior to playing with real animals. Yes, but they also get to play with the real animals too. But they don't want the younger kids like the five and six year olds like putting wraps on like real kittens uh-huh. but they do on the tables it's just one of the activities but we have many activities that we do here have you had any ideas regarding what else could be done here well of course but i feel like we kind of get it all done what do you mean of course are you, you you're filled with ideas aren't you yes i'm very innovative like what kind of ideas have you had that what else could we do around here um i think it's just i think we ha- do a lot but 
just I think we could have more events going on, but everything they do here is great. What and kind of events? Really what, what would the events be about? We did an event back, I think it was at the end of July or the beginning of July, where it was just kind of an open house, and I thought that was like a great opportunity for people to really see what vets and training is about, and I thought it was really fun. So like more stuff like that. It was an event where folks could come and get a sense of what vets and training is all about. Mm -hmm. So you think there's more folks that would like to get a sense of vets and training, but there's no, maybe that's a big way, an easy funnel in order to get people involved. Yeah, I think everyone should get to know a little bit about what vets and training and house spas is about and the kind of like society and type of people we have here. Why? Because it's just a really healthy environment and healthy working environment. And I think more people should be involved, and it could brighten people's days, like how it's brightened mine. What do you mean it's a healthy environment? I don't understand what you mean. Um, I think it's a healthy, healthy environment, like because the, all the workers and all the staff are really positive, and they always have good energy. Such as Dr. Lisa, she always has positive energy towards everything, mm -hmm. and everyone's always there for each other and working hard for like stuff. Like when my dog was sick and dying, when we took her to the vet, my mom said everyone just kind of stepped in and helped out and it was just a big team. And I feel like teamwork is one of the big things we have here. And it just works well and I feel like everyone should get kind of involved with it. How old are you? 15. So what, what have you learned from this place aside from stuff about animals? What have you learned about yourself? I've always been more of a talkative person, but I really helped. it really helped me learn how to talk efficiently and be more of a leader and more responsible with things. And what are really you talking about? How'd you learn that stuff? Just working with more people and actually having like a set job and like having responsibility for myself. Like if you don't take care of the animals, there are chances that they could get sick and stuff. So it's just... So responsibility has done what to you? It's just helped me out a lot through How? everything because responsibility I feel like is a core value. What do you mean it's a core value, responsibility? I feel like you need responsibility to be successful in life. Like, you need to know what time to get places, you need to get done what needs to get done, and you need to work for things. Nicole, what are you thinking? I'm wondering about the teddy bear clinic. Is that something that you go, the, the younger kids who come in for classes, is that something you do with them, or the teachers do with them, or is that something that when you go out into the community um, is an event, or in schools? I know that they're in different schools. They do it, they did it for some of the summer camps I know of, because that's when I was making the bags, but they also do it out with the schools, and it's kind of just a little fun activity that they do with the kids. Michael and Brian, what are you missing here? Um, I think I want to take this time and talk to Jolie a little bit. Um, uh, so, I guess you've been involved with this most of your life, correct? And how has that impacted your uh, growth? Um... So what kind of qualities do you think it's brought about uh, you being able to hone those sorts of things? Like uh, Remy was talking about responsibility, anything like that. All right. Well, Jolie has been on the mission trips, and I know that she has told me a lot about them and how she was taking care of waking up the animals. So, Jolie, what do you think that did for you, waking up the animals and helping them out a lot? Um. And at the mission trips, it's hard because 
they don't speak the same language as us. So where do you go? Where have you been for the mission trips? Um, I've been to Mexico two times and Pensacana once. And I do the recovery. So you, like, wake the animals up and then call the owners and, and then they take them. What, what, are, what are these mission trips all about? What, what's, a, what's a mission trip, Jolie? Um, we go to places where they can't afford animal care and we spay and neuter the dogs that, and cats that don't have the money. So wh- where have you gone where they can't afford to, uh, to do this? Um, are they other countries or other parts of New Jersey? I've been to Camden a couple times, uh, Mexico twice, and Puticana once. You've been to Mexico and Puticana to help with pets and animals there? Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, so what, what did you see different there? What were you able to do there? The people were really happy that we were giving the care to the animals because the, there's a big problem of, like, more babies coming and then, like, the animals multiplying. And ah, so you were able to go and you really saw hands-on. How, how did that affect I mean, what did you learn from that? How do you feel about what you learned? I learned a lot of skills in Spanish and, um, like, in the hospital, I learned how to do more stuff to, like, help my mom out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Jolie, just another question about the mission trips. Besides helping the animals, what happens with the children in the countries? Do the children, um, when they see you working with the animals, what do they learn from you? We met a lot of children there, and they would come up to me at, like, lunch breaks, and they were really amazed, and they would, like, stand at the um, gates and watch us do the animals and like they were really happy about it hmm. did some of the kids try to get you to teach them some of the skills that you learned yeah i taught some of the kids how to like wrap um like with gauze and stuff and they really liked that hmm how interesting um so you guys have been involved uh with this organization and there's, there's lisa you're, you're the ceo and medical director so what are the different parts of this organization, and how did it evolve? Um, just in terms of uh, House Paws was the main hospital, but we started going to schools for career days, and the career days were so popular because we kind of taught them from a different light, uh, angle. We didn't go in and just talk about this is what a vet does. We'd go in with kind of some practical experiences and some very interactive programs. And we started getting so many requests to go to the schools that we had to break off and develop this education program so that the vets could actually work on the road and the teachers could go to the schools and educate the kids uh, because we just we were getting inundated with requests to go teach and we the vets need to be working not teaching <laughs> but um but the, the we quickly very we very very quickly were getting information from teachers about the kids just perking up that um, it would change kids who weren't um, interacting and they were becoming interactive um, um, some of the kids really um, that were maybe having behavior problems their behavior changed after having some of the classes. So we realized very quickly that the animals are really what, um, connecting with the animals is really what can make a big difference for the students and their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, students were acting differently towards each other. So kids that might Mm -hmm. not 
Excellent. get along. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment right after this quick break. Want to help building your business with help from this show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues. Because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Ramon Parker. And Ramon, the name of the organization? Loudon Free Clinic. And you were telling me there's some something special about the Loudon Free Clinic where every dollar that goes in does something else. What was that all about? Yeah, it does something magical. So for every dollar that's donated to our clinic, we can deliver $8 worth of care. And what kind of clinic is this? Who are, you, who are you helping out? What kind of stuff do you guys do? So we're helping out those who are 18 to 64 who are uninsured and low income, 200% or below the federal poverty level. And give me this thing about the math again. Give me how that works. So essentially, I have a, a staff of 12 individuals and 128 volunteers. So with that kind of payer mix, I'm able to deliver you know, anywhere from $8 uh, in care for our patients. Because you've been able to enroll the support of so many volunteers, you're actually keeping the cost of health care down and therefore multiplying the dollars. And making one of, it one of the best business investments for private corporations who want to invest. And didn't, ah, interesting. So private businesses and individuals can get involved. And didn't you Absolutely. tell me you had a couple of health care challenges yourself? What were they? I have. I've had four open heart surgeries, and mm -hmm. it helps me to understand what patients need. What do you talking about what do you mean so the idea of having been on the table or being a patient I'm able to take a patient focus and how we deliver care differently than most people would what did, you, what did you learn from those experiences personally what do you appreciate that most of us don't I appreciate consistency um, I think that a, a staff at the hospital nurses providers mm -hmm. parents mm -hmm. family all those people consistently being around me and consistently offering me hope. Uh, I'm so full of it that I have to offer that to the patients and to the staff when I'm working with them. What's the website address for the Loudon Free Clinic? Loudonfreeclinic.org. Let me have that one more time. L-O-U-D-O-U-N freeclinic.org. We've been speaking with your name again? Ramon Parker. And this has been your Business Spotlight. Thank you. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with Lisa Alden Miller, CEO and Medical Director of House Paws and Nicole Myers' mom. And we'd like to introduce Michael Page and Brian Norris, who are our guests, who are students here. Uh, Michael, how old are you and how long have you been hanging out around here? So I've been here for three years now and I'm 22 years old. Three years, you're 22 years old, and, and what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing with your life nowadays? Uh, I'm currently going into my second year in vet school down at Virginia Tech. So you're going to vet school. So what are you doing around here? So I come back in the summers where I have a little bit of free time, and I choose to spend it here. Why? 
Uh, it's fun. There's really nothing else like it. Getting able to come back and work with all the animals and all the people. It's really great. What, what do you mean there's nothing like it? You're going to vet school. I mean, uh, to be honest, you get more hands-on experience here than you do in vet school as a first-year student. <laughs> uh, aren't there other programs like this around the country? You would, you would know you're going to vet school. Uh, not that I found. What I found is more, uh, and I'm not saying that this is uh, small based by any means, mm-hmm. but uh, the smaller a program, the more home, more family a program is, the more experience you're able to get. So you're not. A, are there other programs like this that you're aware of? Uh, not that I know of. So what's special about this program? Uh, you get to come in uh, with very little experience in some cases, and then you leave with a boatload. What kind of experience have you got here? Uh, I've done everything from taking care of animals in terms of feeding and cleaning up after them to uh, first-hand medical treatment also. So you've been assisting the vets here? Uh, Yes, actually, for the past three years. Tell us a little bit about that. So it's really nice. Uh, My first year here, I started working mainly with Dr. Lisa, and then as I grew in my confidence level from the programs here, I was able to work with other doctors and see how they get to practice medicine also. So um, did, they, did you think you were a bother to them, or did they sort of invite you in? No, everybody's really inclusive, really inviting. Uh, everybody really wants to know what you can learn from them and what they can teach you, and they're always open for questions. So you're telling me that you're working with the vets. What kind of stuff were you doing with the vets? Um, so a lot of it is mainly keeping them safe, but through keeping them safe you're right on hands with everything so you're able to see what they're doing you're able to see how they're interacting with their patients and their people what do you mean how they're interacting with their patients and their people tell me more about that what do you mean (laughs) so uh interacting with patients from a standpoint is these are cats dogs what other kinds of animals you guys uh, take care of rabbits guinea pigs ferrets hedgehogs Give me that list again. Uh, Rabbits, guinea pigs, ferrets, hedgehogs, and dogs, cats, like you had said. A little bit of everything. Yeah, Uh absolutely. House pets. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So you've been able to work with these pets, these animals? Uh, Yeah, Um, especially with their supervision. It's it's been a really good experience. Huh. Uh, Brian, how old are you? Uh, I'm 18. Uh Uh-huh, and what are you doing here? Uh, I've been volunteering at Vesson Training for about two years, uh, not just Vesson Training, but also up at the actual hospital down the road. So Vesson Training is associated with an animal hospital as well? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and, and what are you doing here? Give me that again. Uh, so I started off as a student here in the uh, Vesson Training program, and I liked it so much that I came back as a counselor. And just all both of those experiences together, I really love the people. I love working with the animals so much that uh, Dr. Lisa offered me an internship to come back over the summer and work. So I just got done with that this past summer. Wait, 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 wait. So I understand there's a veterinary hospital and you can sort of like help out at the hospital. What do you mean you're a counselor? What are you talking about? Oh, counselor at the uh, Vets and Training Program. So the Vets and Training Program is a... Uh, they take in students from like local communities, um, like middle school, high school, late elementary school age kids. Uh, teach them about um, caring for animals, uh, make friends with each other, just anything they can do to get them on their way to. And how old are you? I'm 18. And what have you? What, what, what involvement have you had with that program? Um, I started out as a student. Uh, I came back as a counselor for. They have one program that's uh, children with Down syndrome, so I came back as a counselor for that program. 
And I Why? stayed with that for a couple months. Why? Why that program? Um, it's, it just feels nice to be able to give back to the community, and especially for people that need extra help. What do you mean? I'm a, I'm a Boy Scout, so I've had like all of the. Uh, I've always had it instilled in me that like community service is a very big thing, especially in my town. And so having the opportunity to give back to other people and uh, help out in any way that you can, I think it just it just feels good to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you like helping kids with special needs? Um, I like helping all kids, and I feel like children with special needs don't always get the same treatment that uh, other kids do. So, so if somebody's they're, they're not always treated the same as other kids, so somebody has to be there to show them they're the same as everybody else. Nicole, what else should I be asking these guys? What else are you thinking? Come up close to that microphone, please. Um, so with vets in training, you've been working with the kids, you've worked with the animals. Um, you said you've been working, I'm sorry, Michael? Yes. Yes. Um, with the vets, do you actually go out into the homes, or do you only do the office visits with the with the vets? So, uh, what's nice about the veterinary hospital that's attached to the program um, is that it is a mobile practice. So we go out into the homes, we see animals in the hospital setting as well, um, and so I've done both, and I really enjoy both. But if I'm being honest, I like going into the homes more. Why? So it's nice for not only uh, the clients but the patients as well uh, animals that are coming into a, a hospital setting are more uh, likely to be nervous uh, because they're in a foreign place and they don't know what's going on and they don't know why they're there or um, so you get to see them on their own territory right which is <laughs> which is really phenomenal because you not only get a um, a more clear picture of what the animal is actually like but you get to see their whole environment as well so do you find that the animals that are seen in their homes are more comfortable with the doctors you have a better chance as a tech not to have an animal get upset and and i don't know claw bite that kind of thing <laughs> uh, absolutely um when they feel safer, they're more likely to act like themselves, which is really good when you're trying to assess what's going on with them. Okay, because a lot of times you don't know. It's kind of a, a guessing game going in. Uh, not so much a guessing game, but the one thing about the veterinary field that's not so much in human healthcare is that the patient can't tell you what's going on. So being able to see them where they are naturally uh, is, gives you a better picture of what actually is. So aside from running the veterinary hospital here, there are veterinarians that are going into the field in the people's homes, and you've been able to go on those trips as well? Absolutely. Um, what's really great about it is we're able to see a whole different realm of people uh, because there are people that are uh, that can be elderly and aged that can't really transport their pets. Uh, to get the care that they need, and it's nice that we can go to them. Mm -hmm. um, Brian, have you been out on the road? Uh, yes, I, I've been out on the road a couple times, mostly with Dr. Lisa. Mm -hmm. How young were you when you started going on the road with Dr. Lisa? Uh, first time I went on the road with Dr. Lisa, I was 17. Uh, she didn't trust me to drive the van yet, but uh, recently I've been allowed to drive the van. <laughs> and um, what, what's your experience been about? What, what have you learned? How's that shifted you being on, uh, being on the road and visiting people's homes with Dr. Lisa? Uh, from a driving pr from a driving perspective, Lisa driving is kind of terrifying, but um, <laughs> but uh, just getting out on the road, I, I agree with Michael. Getting out like in people's homes, I, you get to see a lot more with people. Um, 
because there's a lot of there's a lot of cases that people don't feel comfortable bringing their animal in and uh i know michael said they're a lot more at ease at home one of the harder parts of find, of having them at home is that sometimes it's difficult to actually find them in the house because the cats will always run away mm-hmm. and hide. Mm-hmm. But, but you're uh, able to, you're able to get to people that may not be able to get to the animal house yeah. to get with their pets. So I guess and, and do you enjoy that? Oh, very much. I I always like the uh, opportunity to go out and help other people and uh, especially especially the animals. How, how how have people treated you coming into their homes to take care of their pets? Um, almost all of them are very, very nice. I can't really think of any experiences that they've ever been mean to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I think all, all of them are very excited that you can come out and help them out. Um, all all very nice clients here. They're pretty appreciative. Yes. And what, kind, what kind of pets have you been able to help? What, what kind of, are these dogs and cats or what? Uh, so usually usually it's dogs and cats. Uh, occasionally you'll get like the bunny, guinea mm-hmm. pig, ferret, gerbil type thing. Mm-hmm. Um had one appointment with pigs, mm-hmm. um, and I even had cool. a miniature donkey that Lisa had me carry around the office We've one been day. speaking with uh, Michael Page and Brian Norris. Lisa, what's the website address of this organization? It's www.housepaws.us backslash vets and training. Let me have that one more time. www.housepaws.us backslash vets and training. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. This is John Schuhart. Joining us for our business spotlight is Barry File. Who are you with, Barry? I'm with Celebrate Fairfax, a yeah. 501c3 nonprofit in Fairfax, Virginia. And what do you do with uh, Celebrate Fairfax? I am very fortunate to be the president and CEO of the organization. So, what does Fairfax, or excuse me, Celebrate Fairfax do? We have a mission to celebrate Fairfax County and its communities. We serve the 1.1 million people who live in the county, and all, as well as all the people who uh, visit and work there. So, uh, what do you enjoy about working at Celebrate Fairfax? It is the best job in the world. It is. We come to work every day, my team and I, and we get to prepare and plan and produce events for 75,000, 100,000 people, and we treat them like, we think of them like, like they're our, our friends. So, so we get to come in and, and just plan great events for them. What makes those events so special? We try to be unique uh, within this region especially, but we're always trying to stretch the envelope of what people expect from events. People go to events because they want to have great experiences. And for us, we are always trying to give them that return on investment because they're not giving us necessarily a lot of money when they come to our event, but they are giving us their time and their energy. And that's an important thing. People want that ROI back. So did you ever think you'd be doing this when you were a kid? No, never. I, I think that when I was a kid, I, w- I, was, I was building things, designing things, and somewhere along the line, I fell into events and realized that it was a natural extension for me, that I just loved producing things. So what was it about being a kid that led you to this? Um, I think that it was just the challenges that were there. I always tried to figure out solutions to problems that didn't exist, and uh, that's what we do now. It's, it's the same principle. So when do you first start overcoming big challenges as a kid? Uh, I think I always was. Uh, I think that uh, I lived in a household with two older kids, parents who had their own things going on, and I think for me I just always uh, tried to find my own way. What's your website? Our website is CelebrateFairfax.com. This is John Schuhart, and this has been your Business Spotlight. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the Internet, 
the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, the, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your, idea, your, your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine-to-five kind of job oh, for you? Oh, hell no. It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to, you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Sure, it's balsambid.com, and, and you can download the Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have, uh, let me have that website address one more balsambid.com. It's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. And your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. Want help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on this show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with Lisa Hall Miller, CEO and Medical Director of House Paws, and Nicole Myers' mom. And Lisa, you were talking earlier about how this mobile vet service developed into a hospital and then vets in training. And you mentioned that the vets in training program is actually, 
it's a progression and not everybody that's coming through this program is going to end up a vet tell us a little bit about that uh yeah we developed the program to basically um have kids be excited about learning and by using animals they develop skills like empathy compassion um you know actually you see sparks fly when when kids of different uh, mm-hmm. interests get together they'll start connecting with each other on different levels so when we developed the program we wanted to develop the public speaker the educator the person that wants to go into um, uh, exploring different areas of sciences uh, the mm-hmm. psychologist so mm-hmm. uh, the nutritionist so mm-hmm. we actually have all different aspects of things involved in veterinary medicine that besides mm-hmm. just doing you know dressing mm-hmm. up in a doctor outfit and, and you mentioned that there's a logical progression that the kids are going through tell us about that Yes, with the youngest kids, we're having them uh, just play doctor, like mm-hmm. which, what would be natural. And as they get more comfortable, they start handling the animals more. And as they get more comfortable, then they start learning skills. And then the skills will get uh, more and more and more, um, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. complicated. Mm-hmm. And then once they hit around ninth and 10th grade, we mm-hmm. actually will look at their resumes, what they're doing, and we'll start uh, anybody that wants to go into any sort of professional program, be it law school, veterinary school, medical school, will actually help them be the best professional that they can be so that when they go into those schools, it's not just uh, that they're looking for high grades. They're actually looking at their community service. They're looking at their um, involvement in school, and and they're looking at the commitment to whatever field that they want to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victoria Cohen, well, I understand that you were what, – what's your involvement been here uh, – well, for, mm-hmm. for one day I shadowed with Dr. Lisa, and it was such an amazing experience that I ended up getting involved in the educational aspect. Mm-hmm. How old are you? I'm 16. And what do you mean you got involved in the educational aspect? I helped out for a week as a CIT at the camp, and mm-hmm. while I expected to be babysitting, I learned from the kids. What, what do you mean you were, what, what's a CIT? A CIT is a counselor in training, so I was like a counselor, but a what lot younger. And what were you doing with the kids? I was helping out with animal care. I was lending a helping hand whenever it was needed. So this progression that Dr. Lisa was talking about, where there's a process that the kids go through in order to get comfortable with the animals and to learn skills, were you involved with any of that? Yes, I was. I mm. noticed some kids were nervous around some animals, but as they got slowly introduced, they got more comfortable. But it's not only with animals. Some of the more um, not-so-social kids really got more social with the other kids, and they learned both life skills and animal life skills. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Um, Some of the kids spent most of their times by themselves with the animals, but through the animals they were able to bond with each other and understand, hey, we're into the same thing, but we're completely different people. And therefore they were able to make friends through it. What did you get? How, how long were you involved with the program this summer? Um, I visited a few months ago and I just spent a week here. And what did you get out of the program this summer? Well, I've been learning from these kids. They're all so enthusiastic. One girl brought a skinny pig, which is a guinea pig without any hair in. And she would teach us all about him. It was so interesting to see how passionate she was about him. Mm-hmm. Well, how else has how, this program shifted you personally? Well, I... I don't really know how to work with kids. I've tried babysitting. It's not been my strong suit. But learning with these kids that are so independent and so smart and so self-driven has been a pleasure mm-hmm. because not only am I helping teach them, I am learning from them as well. Mm-hmm. Isabel, tell me about um, how long have you been involved here, Isabel? Um, I've been involved here for two years. Mm-hmm. And how old are you? I'm 12. Uh-huh. And how did you get involved with this organization? 
I got involved with this organization because of school. They came to my school as an after-school club, and I um, I loved it so much that I joined the summer program. What school do you go to? Which school do you go to? Um, I used to go to um, mm-hmm. Hartford Middle School. And, this, and so this program came to your school. What was the program about that you saw in your school that interested you? Um, they brought animals to play with after every lesson, but each week there was a different lesson about the animals. So there was suturing, there was... Um, how to sterilize things, mm-hmm. and so, it was just very cool. So, they were, how old were you when this program came to your school? Um, I was eleven. Uh huh. And did you take you took an interest in this stuff? I did. Uh huh. And then I guess your parents reached out to Dr. Lisa to get to get you involved with this vets and training program. Yes. Uh huh. How did you feel about that? Um, I was very excited because there was there were so many animals there, so many big opportunities, and you could see surgery. There were so many things to learn about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how much time did you spend here this summer? Were you here the whole summer, part of the summer? Um, this summer, I was here most of the summer. Um, I had other responsibilities. Uh-huh. Did you summer. did you meet any friends here? I met a lot of friends. I met someone that was in my class the next year, um, which really helped me socially. Uh huh. And Isabel, can uh, where do the animals come from in the program? Um, they come from a bunch of different places. They're mostly animals that need a home, so they need. So they're brought here to like try to get kids to like get interested in them and to house them potentially. Hmm. Yeah, all the animals are from local rescues. And how many uh, animals since you've been here have you seen get rescued into forever homes? So many. There were so many that were housed. Um, the skinny pig actually he was originally here, and the girl actually adopted him from here. Are you sad when the animals go? Um, no, it's actually good because then we get more animals here and that animal now has a forever home. Mm-hmm. Nicole, what, what else should we be covering here? What else are we missing in this interview? I think that we covered a great deal. Um, the kids are really passionate. They come in, they connect with the animals. Um, we are one of the adoptive families. We, we brought home two kittens last summer and uh, and they've been fantastic it's been a great addition to our household as as a parent how do you feel about this program i'm grateful that it's around there's nothing like it there's there's a limit to where kids can volunteer so the 12 year olds that you've heard from and the 14 year olds they can't do this other places there's a limit they won't take them before they're 16 years old so to be able to have an avenue for community service at a younger age is fantastic. So even when they're older, even when they're 16 or 17, are there programs like this? Or it sounds to me like this is a reasonably unique This is pro- unique. When you turn 16, you don't get as much hands-on experience. You are expected to sit down in a classroom and take notes on lectures. So having something like this, even as a CIT, is so great. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of hands-on experience. Uh-huh. Ian, can you tell everybody um, what was one of the volunteer experiences you had before you were touching animals? What did you do for the animals? What did you make for them? Um. Hmm. Yeah. What was that, Ian? Well, Lisa, could you one tell of, us about that, please? Yeah. One of the one of the programs that Ian was involved in, and most of them is before they're able to actually volunteer with animals, they make um, toys for dogs and cats at the shelter, and they also make. Um, treats for the animals and then uh, one of the some one of the big parts of the summer program is they'll take the treats and the toys to the shelter 
and they'll actually uh, get videos. They'll read to the animals, but they'll take pictures, and then they do like a social media project where they post the pictures of the animals that they were visiting, and they um, try to get those pets home. So we, we do have community service opportunities for children as, as young as you know, five mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. and, the, and as they get older, then you have kids that start doing local missions to like Camden or West Philly, or some of the kids we've had like three kids so far go on abroad missions with us so where's the funding coming from for this um a lot of the funding comes from the program when people enroll their kids in the program the money comes mm -hmm. back to the, mm -hmm. the animals mm -hmm. um and then for the missions there's actually a nonprofit called the boutique fund that we that supplies the medical um, the medicines and the medical uh, supplies that we need to go Wh on the missions. where's the money come for that we fundraise you House fundraise. Paul's fundraises for the boutique fund. Uh huh. And you're um, you invented this whole thing. Yes. Mm hmm. What? Why? Because there's so much to do. <laughs> uh huh. And people love to be inspired, and kids are a great way to inspire even adults. So we've had, we actually had one child who was so inspired. I think with volunteer stuff that she came up with her own program to just collect books and and she did a giant book drive. So I think once you like inspire children or or adults they come up with ideas and then they like it really is the power of one can just um take off they'll get a spark and they'll just go go with a an idea in a completely different direction so we've had some kids come up with their own philanthropy um uh projects just based on what they've learned about that in this program their own philanthropy projects what do you mean um, I'm, like I, I know uh, one of the classes was about um, wildlife and the children came up with the idea to raise money and they ended up donating about $200 to um, wow. elephants in Thailand. What's the website address of this organization again? www.housepaws.us And give me some of the other sub. Uh, uh, backslash Vets in Training. Mm -hmm. We've been speaking with uh, Lisa Allmiller, CEO of House Paws and the other affiliated organizations. Lisa's also the medical director and Nicole Meyer, who is mom. And uh, don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we appreciate you joining us in this special version of Executive Leaders Radio, and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.